Welcome back to the Salad Bar, ladies and gentlemen, from the U.S. all the way to Norway. I'm glad you could tune in today, and today we have a special guest. My current guest is the first postgraduate we've featured on the show. He's got a bachelor's degree in criminal justice with a minor in health and sports science. He's currently a month shy of completing his master's in adult education and administration. He's been here a long time. He's a great mentor of my, mine and several other people on the football team and all over campus. I want to give a big shout out and welcome to Coach Dimitri Wilson to the set. Hey, how everybody doing? It's Dimitri Wilson. Nice to meet y'all. And I'm excited to get here on the salad bar. You know what I'm saying? He's the eight ball to MJG, so, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The original we, uh, eight ball. <laughs> the original eight ball. Man, it's an honor to have you here today, man. And it's uh, good to see that um, we can still link up and do stuff, man. Even yeah. though it's not like, you know, we're at way different stages where we were when we first met. You know? <laughs> Your roommate was my old barber, Jerry and Tud, man. He yeah. cut my hair for free. <laughs> That's a legend right there. Tud is a legend. All my old... Everybody I pretty much interact with, man. I, we, I got deep ties with them, and it's a lot of history behind it. There we go. So let's get the show started, man. Uh, you came from Florida, correct? Yep, I came from Homestead, Florida. All the way at the bottom, right before you get to the Keys. You have to go through Homestead, Florida City to get to the Keys. So if you ever been to the Keys, Key West, Key Largo... You right there. You had to go through Homestead. Homestead. There we go. So let's uh so so let's dive dive back a little bit. How'd you uh, get recruited out of Homestead, Florida, to come play football for Northwestern? Well, really, we had a Homestead. My old coach, I guess, one of my old teammates, actually back at Homestead, that came to school with me. His name was Isaiah Salters. He had a cousin or uncle or somebody that played football at Northwestern. That was like a good receiver. I think it was his cousin. And we just came up here. I had an offer from Savannah State, and I didn't really know about football scholarships. And I just knew I wanted to play football. And I actually missed that scholarship by not committing. And I was like, you know what? I want to go to. I want to play football anyway. So I just go to Oklahoma. All I knew was Northwestern. Like I didn't. I never been to Oklahoma. I barely read books on Oklahoma. I barely could tell you what it looked like. So I flew into <laughs> Wichita, Kansas, with no official visit, no nothing. Flew into Wichita. A dude named, I can't think of his name, a coach came and picked us up, Coach Story. His name was Coach Brett Story. Came and picked us, came and picked us up. It was like 10 of us in a van, a school van, and we drove from Wichita, Kansas to Alva, and it was crazy because all we seen was trees. <laughs> and it was, our first, it was a lot of our first times even flying and let it on coming to Oklahoma, so it was just crazy. Man. Savannah State, that's, that's, a, that's close, a lot closer to Florida. Yeah, it's a lot closer. That's where um, Shannon Sharp went to school at. It sure is, you know. Um, what was the was there a reason that you felt you were slow to commit, or were you just not um, sure? I just thought I was bigger than what I was in the process. Like it was twenty. I graduated high school in twenty twelve, so it was twenty eleven, twenty twelve. I'm playing my senior year, mm-hmm. and I thought I was just bigger than what I was. I'm like, mm, I'm trying to go to Florida State or something, not knowing <laughs> how the recruiting process went at the time. Like if you were going to Florida State, you'd have knew you was going to Florida State. Two years ago. Yeah, already in your junior year. Yeah, probably. yeah like I, I should yeah. be going to this school. But I was just chasing a dream and missed out on the dreams that was right in front of me mm-hmm. by chasing other dreams that didn't that wasn't a part of my path Yeah, at the time. At the time, yeah. So you went through the um, the switch from when Northwestern went from NAIA to Division yeah, II. Yeah, I was, I was in that first year of 2012. That was like their first year that they decided, the, the spring before they decided, okay, we're making the switch from NAIA to D2. And then... It was just crazy different coaches. I had a coach named Coach Allen Hall. Then I had Coach Turco. Then I had Coach Walter. Oh, wow. So there was two coaching changes. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's, that's quite something right there. And were there, like, 
Would you, would you say, like, the roster, like, consisted of people from a lot of different states? or was Yes. It... Every roster I've ever, I was ever a part of at Northwestern consisted of kids from everywhere, from Australia, Norway, Texas, Florida, California, Washington, Arizona. Every, stat, every team I've ever been a part of here playing or coaching has always consisted of dudes from everywhere. And now you're responsible for bringing the bringing the players here too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, for a while I got done playing. Um, I actually got to like 2017, the spring of 2017. I just got to the point where I was like, I've I've overcame so much adversity from failing out of school, getting kicked out of school for a year, to coming back into school, to playing football again. I was just wanting to find another route. Like football wasn't my it wasn't my dream anymore to go play professional football, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to find another route to get some money and do something I love. So I found another route with, between student support services. Daughter Angle actually uh, asked me was I interested in the job being a project advisor. And I didn't think nothing of it, but I knew I wanted I wanted to start getting some money, and I knew I wanted to be get my master's paid for, what helped me get it paid for. And the job at student support services allowed me to do both as a project advisor and interact with students that, are, that were relatable to me in the situation I was in. So being able to help people that was relatable to me and be a direct, Example to show them that it's possible to do anything you want to do because they can directly see it from me. Yeah, that's that, that was my main factor into choosing to stay and choosing to do what I do. That's really um, empowering because not most people would like face the like would, would would deal with that the best way. Like I mean, if you like, if anything happens, you know, like it all depends on your reaction to it. Because mm-hmm. like just just look at this here with COVID nineteen. Like obviously, there's a lot of questions about it, but the fact is. Certain like big, the big business have to close down. Like mm-hmm. the NCAA made that decision for at least D two sports, mm-hmm. and we're seeing a lot of effects of it. More more psychological than physical, because mm-hmm. I shouldn't really nothing be holding you back physically to get better. But psychologically, man, how do you think this is gonna really shift the recruiting process going into this next uh, academic school year, this next class? Well, actually, because of COVID. I had an internship class coming up this fall to graduate with my master's, and I didn't want to be the typical Northwestern student. I already worked for Northwestern on the academic side and on the athletic side before. Mm-hmm. So I decided, let me try to do something different. Like, my goal is to be a Division One coach and eventually go to Division One, or to be in the Division One academics or admissions at a Division One school. Yeah. So I decided to network. And I networked, I came across a lot of coaches. And I finally got a coach from Eastern, Eastern Illinois named Mark Fillmore that told me, you know what, because of COVID, this, I feel like this would be perfect for what you're trying to do by working with us during this time. And I didn't have to mm-hmm. leave my family. I didn't have to leave my job. Because of COVID, I was allowed to do a non-paying internship that let me be the assistant director of recruiting at Eastern. And because of that, with I know at the Division One level with recruiting because of COVID, it's kind of it's kind of hard because this year no player lost a year of eligibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody retained their eligibility. So the kids in high school, like the twenty twenty one kids, I feel like they're kind of they might miss out or it might affect their recruiting because at the Division Two level nobody's on a full scholarship. So the money that you might have got from a player that should have been leaving or that may have just transferred out because he felt like it wasn't the fit for him anymore, yeah. all of the, all of that money is retained. Like, now the players have the option to either stay or leave, and the the players coming out, there's no money for them yet. I don't know what the NCAA has came up with yet to make sure that the, the next coming kids have scholarships or have scholarship scholarships. money. Yeah, but they might have to. From what I'm seeing, a lot of sc- those kids, if you really want to chase your dream, you might have to trust yourself and go walk on to a school for a year or go to a lower-level school or go to a Division two school or go to where the most money where you can play at for free or a discounted rate 
it's, it's for you and your family. It works out for you and your family. So I just feel like with students retaining, universities retaining more students because they got that year eligibility back, I feel like it does mess up the high school kids because their amount of, I would say their possibilities and their like the amount of things they could do and the scholarships they could have earned are limited because the, the universities had to retain the numbers they already have. So the, the the limited spots they did have may, maybe at a university where you want to go to, maybe say like a Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, all the major D1 schools, those scholarships aren't the same anymore because they have players on the team that are retained. Mm-hmm. And then those players can choose to stay and not if they're like like redshirt juniors and, and, and seniors because they're probably done with their um, academics. Yeah, and then, and then that, open, that opens up the options for more players in college to maybe even transfer out because now they have that ex- that extra year, they can use a graduate year to go to a bigger school. Like, well, maybe I'm done at Northwestern. Maybe I want to go to a Division One school. Maybe I have the film now, and maybe I had academics now to actually go and pursue my dreams. So I feel like everybody, not just the student, is affected because colleges are affected because now you have players that might want to pursue other other options mm-hmm. now that they do have an- another year of eligibility left. So I feel like not just students in high school are affected, but college college coaches are affected, college teams are affected. Do you think this? Could open up a door for where recruiters are focusing more on the non-sports uh, aspect of these kids because, you know, if you're typically you want to tell them that you know we're interested in you, we want you to come to school, but as of right now, we don't know how much money we can give out. So a lot of kids are gonna be like, well, I'm trying to play now, I'm trying to have money to go to school now. You think it would be smarter to try to focus on the career academic aspect of it so they could kind of narrow down which school they might really want to consider i would definitely if i was a high school kid i would definitely be focused on the more academic side of everything because just covid showed you simply that your sport can be taken away from you the thing that you very much love that you wake up every day and you strive for is gone Mm -hmm. so now what are you going to focus on while it's gone how are you using your time while your sport is gone while whatever you're doing on your free leisure time or even obligated time is gone something that you love and it covid stripped you away of all of that it strips some people away a job. So what are you going to do now that you, you have the adversity of not having those usual things you have? Exactly. And then I'm thinking also for the, the university graduates who graduated with degrees, they're also in a position where they can't find the job they want right away. Right it's going away. to take every, a longer every, time. Everybody's very limited because of COVID because now jobs are on hiring freeze. Now you're praying for a job like, I hope I lose my job because I don't know literally what's going to happen unless you know somebody that knows somebody. Yeah. And I see that's what the world about, too, between networking. Like, you have to know somebody that knows somebody. Because you could be better at a job, but you might not know the person there. And sometimes they might not want to pick you because they don't know you. Like, they don't know you that well. So it's all about knowing, knowing somebody that knows somebody. <laughs> or knowing somebody that, that knows something about something. Was there a point when you realized that you kind of wanted to, like how you said in 2017, was there a moment before that where you where you thought to yourself, like, maybe it's time I start bettering skills that I'm not so good at? Like networking, like I feel like you've kind of made a, you've kind of d- developed your own art to network, because it's not easy. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. don't really, kind of don't have the organic way of doing it. Because like we hear, like you know, you tell students that come to school here and say, you know, the be- the only way you're gonna get out of here and get a job and get what you want, you have to network more than getting A's and all this stuff. Yes, we you tell them this, but how do you do this though? Cause um a lot I feel like like this was with me as well. I feel like a lot of times it was not natural. Cause it felt like I had to build a relationship, and that was why I felt like I was ha- I I had to talk to someone, not out of just I'm just curious to see what this person says. It just made me kind of hesitant to actually try to do this stuff because I felt like it was more like you have to network mm-hmm. instead of like let it happen organically. What do you think about that? 
Um, when networking, I would say just being from a poverty-stricken environment growing up and just gro- not growing up with a lot, <clears throat> you just always, I wanted to just force myself to learn ways, well, how did this person get this? Like, how did they get that? How, how did he get to that point? Not that I wanted to be at those points, but how did he get there? What, what was his path like? And just be, really just being broke showed me that it's different means of getting money different ways. So it, so to get money, I learned, or to better myself or better my family situation, I learned, you have to talk to people. Yeah. Like, I had to be able to get information from them that could better my life or better somebody else's life. So talking to people and being and networking is something that I just learned can change your life. Like, once I learned that this is a real tool that I really need in, re- in real life and reality, like, school is something you need, having a university is something you need, but being able to talk to somebody, talk to people and make yourself relatable to people is something I feel like you need in, you need in your life. Mm-hmm. Because the connections you have with people, I feel like they outweigh everything. Like you just said, like, yeah, you can have great grades, you can have A's, B's, you can have the highest GPA, you can yeah. have the best test scores, but if I can't relate to you, what's the difference between me and everybody else? Mm-hmm. If, if I can't step you on that personal level, like, and I, and my main goal is when I when I meet new people, even if you don't like me, it, it has nothing to do with that. I just want to make a lasting impression on you. Every every day is an interview for me. I never know who I'm going to meet or who what somebody's thinking of me or who somebody might have to call to be like, what do you think of Demetri Wilson? They might not go to my references that I have on paper. They might want to go deeper than that. They might want to go. Let's just call somebody random in his work history. Like, let's see what they say. It's like you never know. Like when I and, and I always want to be prepared. And my main thing with networking is I just want to I just treat people how I want to be treated. Yeah. I'm coming at you the way I want. I want you to come at me. So hopefully, based off my respect for you naturally and organically, you naturally feel the same way about me and wanting to network with me and connect with me and trying to figure out what I'm about. I feel like I'm a pretty interesting person. I feel like I've done so much and seen so much and just dibbled and dabbled in everything. I know a little bit about everything. I don't know a lot about it, but I'm pretty sure I can find a lot more about um, a lot more about it. So I just feel like networking is something that you need, even if it's hard for you to do, you need to do it because. it's it's something that'll change your life. Like you could, you you might not be in the same, you might not be in the same background as that person. They could be from a a high rated family that everybody goes to preferred, <laughs> just the high institutions. Everybody's going to Texas, Oklahoma, Miami, and you could just be coming from Homestead, Florida, going to little old Alva, Oklahoma, Northwestern Oklahoma State. But and you and you need those connections to further develop yourself. I feel like it's all about developing yourself as a person. You should do something at least for ten minutes out your day to better yourself. You just reading a quick couple pages of a book, reading some online, looking at something on YouTube. You need to better yourself every day. Hmm. I feel like that's what it's about. And, and just remember that every day is an interview. You never know who you might meet out here. <laughs> so I feel like that's that's very important. Like some of the teammates I met at Northwestern, I never knew that their parents would be doing these things that I actually might be interested in growing up or as as the years accumulated of college, I found interest in it. Mm-hmm. So now I can use them as a direct source for my interest. Like, well, what do you think about this? And they're open to answering anything I have that I've asked, or they always just interested in helping me out. So you hit on some really good points that I want to like also add to, because like you said you want to be matched with the same kind of energy, the same type of respect, the same type of love, which is like, it's not a deal where like you're asking some or like trying to figure out something because you like, because you need an answer. It's just because you're genuinely curious. I mean, like some, like, especially today, I feel like it's kind of hard to know where people are coming from because like a lot of, you know, social media, you don't have to be in face to face. But when you are, I feel like that's when you see people how they truly are, you know? And I think this, this is like the part of networking that kind of gets, is like kind of blurred, you know, because I don't like some some people might think the most followers on an account is going to help you network when really uh, it could be the opposite. Mm-hmm. It could be no followers on an account. It could be no content on a page because if you're looking for a job and you got some stuff, you know, some pictures posted, they can dig that up. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of like where people can maybe have to be a little bit more careful these days. And um, also from the aspect of like, you don't know, you don't know who, like you said, you don't know who you're going to meet. You Every day is an interview with somebody. So I feel like um, you kind of got to tell yourself that you fit in with people of any kind of any form, any mm-hmm. of, no matter what they do. Like if you if you put yourself in a room and say, oh, they're not they don't, they don't dress like me. They're not uh, socioeconomics are different. You deserve to be in that room and have a voice and speak out. To me, I feel like that is a way of self-assuring yourself that you're not wrong for for doing this stuff. Remind yourself that the most important thing is what's closest to you mm-hmm. and those people as well. And um, that's that's kind of like one thing as important to just kind of remind yourself. Mm-hmm. And then speaking of those daily reminders, uh, I saw that list uh, earlier. Um, you talk about um, giving back with knowing you're not getting something in return. Why is that important? <clears throat> um, well, on my daily reminder, I got a daily reminder saying, just one of the points I hit on this, show love to everybody even if they don't show love to you. Yeah. And I feel like you just have to have respect for yourself even if people not showing you the respect that you want to give. I still feel like you have to stand on what you stand on, what you believe in, who you are as a person, regardless of how somebody might be treating you. I'm not saying go get bullied in situations, but still stand on what you believe and just what you stand for. And I believe giving back to others is something that you should do, even if it's not directly affecting you every time you give back. I just believe that you should just naturally just want to be nice to people, want to be kind to people. Like, treat others how you want to be treated. I want to be treated nice, so I do some. I'm going to treat you nice, or I'm going to help you out or do anything. And I'm not always looking for a return. I just want to do it out of the goodness of my heart. Mm-hmm. I know what, how I operate and what type of karma I want and how I want my life reflected and the things I want and the positivity I want reflected on myself. So if I, if I can put in work <clears throat> without looking for an immediate return, it's all right. I'm not, I'm not seeing it as that. I just want to help somebody out. Yeah. So I just genuinely want to help people. So I just and I remind myself every day. I put reminders of myself. Hey, even if they don't show me the same love, it's all right. I'm still showing respect. I don't want no good. I don't want no ill will on my heart or me feeling any type of way about how I done somebody. So I'm always treat somebody how I want to be treated. It just goes back to me saying that I, I operate daily how I want to be treated, unless I feel like I'm treated getting treated unfairly. And I will speak on that, and I will voice that, and I will stand for you're treating me unfairly in this situation. I do believe you are. And before I even say that, I've thought about it. So <laughs> yeah, that's good though because I, I, I've heard other people also tell me like sometimes I like sometimes they can't believe that someone's that nice. You know, mm-hmm. like how someone comes out oh, and then they, they they think why is he being nice to me? Like what? You feel like like you, it's probably just good to just not think about it. And just like man, look, let me just yeah, I just, just replicate the same back. <clears throat> you know, it is kind of like a hold on. Why me? Yeah, why, yeah, why are you being so nice to me? <laughs> I just feel like it just goes back to how people just want to be treated in genuine. Like, if I have to treat you nice to make sure I'm getting treated back nicely, it is what it is. And I don't think nothing of it. I just hope the same energy I bring to you, you bring back to me. Like, okay, I remember Dimitri treating me fairly. I mean, he always had, he just always showed, treated me fairly nice unless I was doing something wrong. Or he just not being, I, he, I try not to be biased to people and just treat them how I want to be treated. And if you being wrong, I'm, in my eyes, if you do you did something wrong, I'm gonna let it be known that hey, you done something wrong in my eyes. It might not be wrong to you, but to me, it was kind of flawed or kind of wrong. Yeah. Just basically like letting them know, like, hey, like I saw what you did. Yeah, and, that's and, what that, I feel about and it. in my values and morals, this is wrong for what me did. Now, if you if you back it up and you explain that, like, well, this is why I did this, I'm gonna still be understanding. I'm not gonna hate you for it, but I just know I had to, how 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 I had to operate with you. Which of your daily reminders do you do you most have to like kind of repeat to yourself like ooh which 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 is one re- reminder that kind of gets kind of 
tough to follow. Not tough to follow, but like you kind of gotta keep yourself in check more than the other ones. Mm, I would say sometimes, like I guess a daily reminder for me is just to remain humble but have a little cockiness. Okay. And a lot of people, <clears throat> somebody, I, I just spoke about this on a, on another podcast a few days ago when I was out in California visiting my girlfriend's grandparents. And they asked me, um, should you have cock, cockiness in anything you do? And I feel like you should be a little cocky. You should be humble, but you but you can only be humble about so many things. Yeah. Like you can only be humble about your upbringing, but you have to be a little cockiness, a little cocky in everything you do. Like when you step in the room, no matter who's in the room, I should feel like I'm the best. Like, I feel like I'm the best or I'm bringing something that nobody else in here is bringing. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel about every situation I'm in. It's not that I'm better than somebody, but I'm I'm the best. I'm the best in here. And I feel like you have to have that attitude. That's what gets me through my day, too. It's just having the attitude of me being the greatest. <clears throat> I feel like nobody does anything better than I do. And if you do, I will utilize you to learn, to tweak what you're doing and formulate it to my to my own to make to make me better at it again. And I won't publicly say that to a lot of people, but that's just my everyday attitude and, yeah. and how I'm being great and how I remind myself to stay in check on, on my reminders and my goals every day. Well, it's I about like having a little idea. cockiness. It's like I, I feel like you just have to have a little cockiness. Like, why do I have to downplay how I feel about myself and what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Because you don't feel like you can do it or you, you don't see yourself doing it. Just because you don't see yourself doing it, that doesn't mean I can't do it. I believe in servant leadership, too. And that plays an effect of everything I do and how I do it. I'm a, I'm gonna show you how to do something before telling you how to do it, or I'm a sh- I'm gonna give a good example, so you don't feel like, well, why would he tell me to do something he didn't do? You got four siblings. Yep, I do. Tell me how it was. Um, and are, are you the middle child or? I'm basically the, the middle child. Yeah, the middle child. Um, yeah. I have three brothers and one sister, so growing up it was just I didn't have to really go outside. Like, I didn't have to look up to gangs or anything because me and my siblings, we were our own gang. Like, once you got four siblings, I got a sister that was born in 92. I was born in 93. My other brother was born in 94. And my other brother was born in 95. And then my oldest brother, I really don't know when he was born, but I know my dad had him when he was 15. Oh. Yeah, so my dad had his first son when he was 15 years old. So just having that benefit from the family of having them growing up, it was just, I always, I'm always very family oriented and always. And always just being open because I had my brothers and sisters. Like, <laughs> like just seeing their personalities growing up always made me open to a lot of more things and being around them and being such a family, a close family unit. And I have my own family. The values that we had growing up, it, I'm instilling that in my son. And even with my fiance, I want our family values to, to get instilled in them for our family unit and how we do things. Oh, and then congratulations on that. You know, um, you're about to be a husband, yeah. already a father, man. Yeah, you know, my like, son. That's, that's, yeah, my. <laughs> like, <laughs> appreciate it, my son. That's really the goal, man. Like when you realize, like you said, like man, it's companionship, relationship. When you ha- when you f- have that with someone, you really feel strong for. Man, that's probably that's yeah, probably and, the best feeling in the world. And my fiance, her name is Derek Blow, soon to be Derek Wilson. <laughs> She's named after her dad. It was just having having that camaraderie and having somebody that you know that you really trust and somebody that's that got your back no matter what. Somebody that's on your team even when you're wrong, but can tell you when you're wrong. Like, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, Mitri, like you, you was wrong in that situation, but I got your back and we, we'll bounce back from it. I just feel like having having those family values and someone that you see that in, someone that you know you can build that with, mm-hmm. and it's, you won't find it everywhere. And it's that's just what I came to find out that like I won't find what I have in my fiance nowhere else. That's why she's my fiance for me. I don't know about everybody else, but for me, I know I won't get that nowhere else. And then just having a son, my son was born July 14, 2020, Clayton Cash Wilson. 
It's just having him really, really just turn my ground up even more for because I know every, he's going to be good regardless, but everything I do is really affecting him. Mm-hmm. Like, me, even me just proposing to his mom is really affecting him. Now he has that family structure. True. Yeah, now, now he's not just the average the average kid growing up without that father figure in their life or without seeing his mom and dad together. Now my son has that. Mm-hmm. I even feel like my son deserved that more than I deserved it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like why, why, does he have, why, why does he not deserve having a mother and father in his life? Actively working and pursuing something, actively pursuing their dreams, and showing him that he can achieve his dream as a family unit. Like if he found somebody that he loves, they can pursue the same thing. Yeah. I feel like my son's owed that more than anything. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. And how many of your other siblings uh, also left uh, left Florida are still? Or like, <clears throat> do they also live? Well, when, of when we first left, my sister, my bro- my big brother stayed in Florida. And he went to Bethune-Cookman and graduated. Then he went to Life University to pursue his master's. I just seen him while I was on leave time. I, me and my family went to go see him and his family. He doesn't have any kids yet. My sister stays in Daytona, Florida. She left college to Connecticut. Then she went to a school called um, Diller University in Louisiana. So none of us stayed home. My two brothers actually went to Northwestern first for two years. Okay. Then they ended up graduating from, they both transferred and ended up graduating from Morris Hill University. So all my parents, my parents didn't go to school but we were all first-generation college students. We all got our undergraduate degrees. And I'm the only one, I think... My big brother has his master's, and I'm the only one other that decided to go pursue their master's. Nice. So my family, even though my parents didn't do it, they instilled in us to want to go do it and to go achieve it. So we ended up doing it. Will you, When you get your master's, could you see yourself maybe pursuing your doctor's degree? I actually do pursue myself, pursue my doctor's degree, but... From what I'm hearing, it's really expensive. So I'm trying to find a program or something or somebody or some, some institution that might want to help me pursue it. Because okay. I know Northwestern, I got my master's. And if I could get my daughter here or somewhere else in two years or three years, I wouldn't mind doing it. Mm-hmm. Just like I just want to hear that name, Dr. Wilson. Dr. Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, that's, that's what didn't push me through a lot of my education. I just want to say I got it. I like, get to the point where I'm like, if I can get it, I'm going to get it. And I want to hear Dr. Wilson. That's just something I want to hear in front of my name, like just to say I got it. You know, something you worked hard for, so I believe you should, I believe it should be they should almost say Master Wilson, but it's kind of extreme, but it is what it is. But that's something you've you deserve. That's something you've worked for. Mm-hmm. And that's something like when you think about it, man, like if you stay patient and then stay focused on your goal and kind of just don't know, don't let no one else tell you what you think you want, I feel like that's then then you then you're set. At least, like, set to where you, like, even though when stuff goes, like, doesn't go your way, like, the man knows, like, hey, every day could be a new interview. Mm-hmm. So even though, like, a door gets shut, hey, I'm still looking for a door or two to get open. And I believe, I believe <clears throat> that nothing is a failure. Like, I, I learn from everything. I know a lot of people do say that, but I really believe and truly believe that every day I wake up, I, it's a day to learn. The day to intake something new, to learn from somebody else's mistakes. I can hear a story from Kevin and be like, Maybe I want to do it that way, or maybe I might go do it a different way because I heard from his experience. Mm-hmm. People tell you their experiences, and people barely take a man to really digest what that person just told them. Like you can learn from what they just told you, and then go do it your own way. So that's what I try to do. Sure. Like I say, every day in the interview, I wake up knowing that you. Like I say, you never know who might see you, who you might meet, who I may, who I might impact every day. So every day I try to be an impactful person. This is one thing I really enjoyed when I first got here, honestly, when I was a freshman, because that first semester, I really didn't, like, it was really, like, like, open. Like, everything was like, man, this is, this is, this is it. Now, I did come from Norway, but I came, but I already moved, I already went to high school in Texas for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And it was fun, but, like, I had moments where I was homesick, where I was like, man, I don't know if this is what I should have done. But then I overcame that, and I got, you know, 
I got achieved the goal I set out to to earn a scholarship. Mm-hmm. And everybody I met in Northwestern, <clears throat> we all we all went from the same place, but we all came from similar. Just coming far far away from home, being somewhere new. And I just wanted to you know just be relatable to people and let them know like, bro, we, we can achieve greatness out here. We can we can do whatever we need to do out here and still have fun and still be prosperous. So mm-hmm. everybody I met out here, I just know the feeling of being far away from home, actually being homesick, having deaths in the family that you can't go back to. And you can't go visit those people, so I just want to. Everybody I always met, I just want to show them that like we're family up here. We, no, you always got somebody you could talk to, and that's how I carry myself every day. And it also made me realize that, like everyone here is like in your same boots. I, I never got that really that 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 family atmosphere is really evident here. You know, yeah, there's not a lot of things to do, but then again, what are you what are you prioritizing as things you should do? Mm. Is that is that going to the bowling alley? Is that going to the, the club? I mean, like I, obviously this ain't Dallas or Houston, you know, or or Chicago or Homestead, Florida. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not going to be as many opportunities in a rural area in the in the Midwest. But I mean, I can't start to express where I've learned so many things. Like just working for Harvest down in the at the co-op. Mm-hmm. Like that's like that made me realize how important the business in this region of the country is. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a man. That's that's cool. I would experience go leaving somewhere and coming to a town like this. You probably wouldn't think you would learn as much as you did, but you got to take advantage of the opportunity to learn. Yeah. And like I also worked harvest for three, four years, and every year I learned something new, like how pivotal these small towns are to the United States yeah. to everybody else. You wouldn't think, oh, being in a small town like this is is, is, is essential. Like the people working the harvest are essential workers. No, the, this is very essential to what you're eating every day, yep. to what you're doing every day. You need these people. Sure so coming is. out here really just showed me, opened my eyes, and meeting people from different places opened my eyes to, oh, okay, like, there's, there's other people doing different things that we actually need in the world. Like, my friend that might work, his parents might be from Oklahoma, it might not be nothing I hear to me, but it's everything I hear to them, and how they utilize it, it's just how they use, it, use use this environment, and how they using everything around them. It's funny when you talk, <clears throat> when you say that, because, like, my impression when I got here, how it was going to be, like, it was going to be football practice, football weights, and then after all that, I thought it was still going to be football. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like I got the like when we left the field and we were done watching film, it was really not like not all football. Like it was like personal stuff. You know what I'm saying? It was more like, hey man, like I'm just hanging out. I'm playing pool in the in the in the lobby and playing ping pong. I'm up till two studying. Mm-hmm. Someone else up there studying. Like man, this really like it never felt like oh this is the only thing you 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 should focus on, and that's why I think it was a, like that's why I think great people come from the school because like. Majority is athletics, but Division Two don't have the most funding. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're just out here just getting baby like fed, fed, fed with a big spoon. Mm-hmm. You kind of gotta understand how to make something for yourself. Yeah, you like have a job it. in the summer and these things. Mm-hmm. And it forces you to just be an adult. Like it, it, when you think of it later in your years, you like all those situations did force me to grow up, and I and I learned from everything. And that's why I mean, I'm appreciative of coming to an unknown space, make getting yourself more uncomfortable every day. Like being uncomfortable is actually a great thing and teach you how to adapt, teach you how to how it teaches you who you want to be as a person. Mm-hmm. That's what I like about it. Yeah. And man, I can't harp on it enough though. Like I'm I really appreciate the upperclassmen at the time when I first got here. Cause it really wanted me to it really made me want to just cause like I've always I've I have two older siblings, you know, and 
like older like I've always kind of felt like I fit in with the older generations. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not not to say I don't like my generation, but it's just like I don't know. I just felt like more I could relate more to the older the older cats. You know. Yeah, I feel like just even even as you become an old head yourself and you become older, and you become that older class from the younger people, or you just become that example. I feel like you just have to take your experiences and you know just put people on. So they're not feeling crazy in their situation. Like, well, why did anybody else feel like this before me? Like, what's going on? Exactly. And and me personally, just my vibe around campus and who I work with and the students I work with. I just want you to know that I went through this. Like, I'm, I'm an example of what you, what you what you went through. How you feeling? I've done it. I felt the same way, and I got to the point I'm at today. So I feel like that's just one of my main goals and doing everything I do. And just having my daily reminders, going about my business mm-hmm. the way I go about it. I just feel like I want to impact and change people's lives every day. And just being here and everything I went through here, that helps me do that. I'm relatable to people. I feel like you need to be relatable to people, and they need to be able to feel relatable to you. And they need to be able to know, like, okay, this is a dude I can relate to. And he extends, he understands what I'm going through. Whether you're male or female, I'm very relatable. And I, that's just my daily actions, what I try to do every day. Yeah. It really what keeps you going, I feel like. And I'm attribute a lot of that to you too because i mean i feel like you're one of the main force like with being part of trio like really where my spring semester was where i really felt getting in my own and i was like yeah you know what i can do this and i feel comfortable be being on campus and trying to relate to other people too mm-hmm. and i really appreciate you for that we appreciate it, Kipper. I appreciate you because people just meeting people like you and me and all your teammates and just people from different backgrounds and ethnic places and just hearing what you have to say about everything, it teaches me a lot every day and your perspective on things. That's why I love meeting new students or just interacting with the students I do know or the kids I do know or I have seen them come up. Just just being able to use your experiences to help better me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like just me, you and your experiences help better me as a person, help me interact and deal with people differently. And since this is the salad bar, you know, we got to get to the question. What's on that plate, man? What you got mixing up in that salad that you want to, you know, spread to the world? Is there anything you want to share with the community that nobody knows you got going on? Um, <clears throat> something I know nobody knows. I'm actually looking to try to find, I actually, me and my girlfriend are looking to try, well, me and my fiance are trying to find a venue to get married out of here. So if you guys know anywhere in Oklahoma, a nice little spot to get married is not going to break my pockets because I am up and coming. I am trying to eventually get to where I want to be. Let me know. <laughs> and then it's just a fact of just treat people how you want to be treated, man, and go about your day. And and that's just it. Treat people how you, people how you want to be treated. That, that, that'll take you a long way and show everybody respect. Use the yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, no, sir, yes, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Use that. That'll actually help you in real life. Network. Actually, can, actually go out your way to meet new people and try to figure out it's not about getting another job. It's just how did you get to the point where you are today? And I've, that has really helped me when I am when I am networking with people. I'm not trying to get a job. I just want to know what did you do to get to where you at today? Like, And what are you doing to stay where you're at today? Mm-hmm. That's more my thing. Yeah. Those are wise words spoken from an experienced man. And soon to be husband and already a father, man. Congratulations, Dimitri. Appreciate it. And... Thanks for coming for coming on the show. We gonna we gonna wrap things up and kick off volume two with the postgraduates, man, and the best of all. So um yes, y'all sir. have a great day, man. Enjoy yourselves. Um and stay tuned. We're gonna have more guests coming soon and I can't wait to, you know, keep spreading the knowledge to y'all. Yes, sir. Have a great day and remember, people won't understand your path, people won't understand what you're doing. They're not gonna get it. People won't understand what you have planned for yourself. Just keep doing you. You don't have to explain what you got going on to everybody. Just remember, you're planning what you want to do and do it and execute.
There it is.